from legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Coming up, Mayor Theresa Harding on the Queensland Audit Office interim reports red flags for council, customer service under scrutiny, the vexed issue of curb and channelling for older streets, free 15-minute weekday and free Saturday morning parking in the CBD, and more from the May meeting of Ipswich City Council. It's Friday, May 28, 2021, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. It's also National Reconciliation Week. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. May's council meeting was held on May 27 and Ipswich Mayor Teresa Harding joins me now. Thank you for speaking with Ipswich today, Mayor. Thank you for the invitation and thank you to the listeners. We have to start off on a sad note, especially mm. for the Edwards family and for the city more broadly, with the passing of Sulu Edwards. And you began the meeting with a condolence motion. It was very sad on the on the 26th of May, Sulu passed away and I thought it was very important for us to remember him. Um, he was a man of great achievement and great compassion. And really, for someone who, who rose from being a sparky in Ipswich to becoming the Deputy Premier and a Treasurer, as well as leading World Expo 88, it really, and became a knight, I think it was very important for us to remember the people who've done so much for us in Ipswich. The Queensland Audit Office interim report brought up two new red flags. Now, why would Council still have issues with passwords on critical internal systems after all this time? Yeah, look, the acting CEO has a has advised that the Queensland Audit Office um, reported at this Council's Audit and Risk Management Committee last week that they've had a focus on information systems right across all local governments as part of this year's program. So they've got a real focus there and they've noted too that um, QA have noted they found issues like this raised here and also in other councils as well. So it's very important for, for our council to take these matters really seriously as we would expect and we have taken immediate action, Ellen, with a number of actions already completed as you'll see in the report. And um, we'll be, I guess, noting the action we have the next meeting in August. Councillor Ireland had a notice of motion response uh, on the council meeting this month about customer service. Now, I understand that some residents aren't happy that they can't get a a blow-by-blow progress report on how their request is progressing. I'll get you to answer that in just a second. And why the need for a new customer service strategy? Um, I did listen to your other podcast with Ashley Mack and that <laughs> this being discussed. Um, I think some of the, most of the queries I've had from residents are very reasonable. Um, for instance, they're reporting a pothole and they'd like to know when it is. Now, about 80% of our potholes are, done, are fixed within a week and, and I think all of them are done within two weeks. So why don't we tell people that? But also with all the rain that we've had, people have rung up to say that their road verge or their, the park is overgrown. And I think it's very reasonable for us to say, look, it's actually planned to do it in, in two weeks or one week or something like that. I think I think a lot of the things that, that people are requesting, it'd be quite easy for us to, to actually give them that information. There is a report saying that a new customer service strategy is being developed. And I have noticed that some neighbouring councils are doing similar strategies. Why do you think we need a, a separate strategy for customer service? Isn't it sort of common sense? Well, we want to improve it. We've been through a lot of change. Um you know, it used to be peak services 
And uh, back in December 19, that, that changed. It came all in-house. And obviously a few months later, we came in as a council. Um, also, we're a council that doesn't have divisional offices as well. And that created a cost saving of over $8 million over four years. So things are a little bit different. People can't go to their local divisional council office. Uh, people are ringing at the service centre. So we're just trying to work at how can we, in this day and age with technology and and, um, and how do we actually address people's needs and making sure that we can actually service residents as best we can. Another notice of motion was put up from Councillor Ireland about unmade roads and maintenance. And I noticed in the meeting that you stressed that all councillors uh, are very keen on having that sort of issue resolved. And that's been in the budget discussions. Can you tell us any more? Oh, it's been a hot topic, as you can see with council for, since last year. And look, everyone's been very collaborative, even, even the councils without uh, rural roads in their uh, division. And look, if you know the past uh, as well, Alan, as you know, um, former councillor David Powell, he was also very passionate about rural roads. When it comes to rural roads, but also the maintenance of roads that we call that are unformed, they're roads that council don't have an obligation to, to fix or repair, but those unformed roads are around in the rural areas. Uh, we're just trying to work at how we can do this safer, but also in a, in a cost-effective way. So I've been really impressed with how all the councils come together as a team and being very active in developing a policy but having really good um, productive discussions on how it's going to be funded because if you're going to fund it, you have to get the money from somewhere. So I've been really impressed with how everyone's worked together and to make sure that hopefully we have a really good result to announce uh, in the budget on the 24th of June. Every council has a number of unmade roads or unformed mm. roads. Are you looking elsewhere to see what other councils are doing? Uh, definitely, we've been speaking to our neighbours at other regional councils in Queensland as well to see uh, the policies they have, how they do their funding, but also the technology and the, the road mix for gravel. And yeah, we've had a very broad discussion, and um, I'm hoping that the policy hits the right spot. Um, if not, I'm sure we'll just adapt it as we go, but it will definitely be an improvement to what's happening now. To wrap up a two-hour meeting uh, this month, there was a very last-minute notice of motion from Councillor Paul Tully that uh, council write to the ARL strongly supporting the JETS and you responded that you've already done that. So what's happening with that motion? Look, every councillor was, was voted in by residents. They have every right to put forward a notice of motion and I think councillor is very passionate about rugby league and, yeah, so I've already written a letter to Peter Volandis um, on the 21st and that's forming as part of that big pack for Brisbane JETS. I think everyone here is just crazy excited and... Um, Yes. Kerbin Chenling can always be a, a hot issue, Mayor, particularly in the older suburbs and mm-hmm. those areas that were under the previous Morton Shire and developed as rural blocks. Streets Ahead was one name for fixing Kerbin Chenling in past years. There's been many names uh, to do that work in older suburbs. There's been a history, recent history of three to ten million spent per year. At this rate of spending, how many years do you think it would take Council to remedy the issue? That's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as the fastest growing council in in Queensland, uh, I'd have to get back to you on that. But without a doubt, our more established suburbs um, do need, um, there, there are streets there that haven't been curb and channeled. And obviously, we, we won't get to all of them, but we do need to prioritise, especially some of those busier roads. Councillor Marnie Doyle has been very passionate about this. And again, we've been doing some policy work at our budget workshops and and obviously wanting to put funding towards that. And, and hopefully, we'll hear something at the, the budget, which is announced on the 24th of June. We'll step out of the council meeting now. Fire Station 101 has seen a few changes since it was launched. Now, its purpose and function uh, have evolved. Should council now sell it or does it still have value for ratepayers? Look, we are shifting that, that the station, Fire Station 101 to focus on education and, and 
networking sessions, following feedback from local businesses. Um, it's very vital for us at the moment. The state government gave us $5 million for, for a defence hub there. And uh, it's also an economic recovery centre for local businesses in time of disaster. And we received uh, $280,000 from the Commonwealth and Queensland government recently as part of a program. So at this stage, there's, there's no discussion of selling it. We think it's providing a vital service to local businesses and, and for the residents. It's an exciting time for the city and for council staff, moving to one Nicholas Street commencing around about June 28, fingers crossed. Is everything still on track? Everything's on track. You've got to remember this this project's actually finishing months ahead of schedule, which, you know, hardly ever happens. So, but look, the, the team here at council are working very hard in the relocation move. It's obviously a massive IT move. It's a matter of, you know, archiving, um, storage, but we were, we're consolidating from a lot of locations around Ipswich, as you would know, Alan, mm-hmm. into one Nicholas Street. There'll be, I think, over 750 council workers in there as of the 28th of June. It is certainly a big move. Any grand opening plans for the public in Tilma Place? Can you Can Absolutely. you give us a sneak peek? <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know the exact time, but obviously sometime in the morning of the 28th, we'll, we'll have a public, you know, a very big celebration of the opening of one Nicholas Street, but also the dedicated children's library as well the only dedicated children's library in Australia. And I'm hoping when people come along, they'll get to see um, the ground floor with the customer service there, which will be a new experience for residents uh, with people helping them, but also going up into the meeting and going up to the next level. And you'll see the um, auditorium, meeting rooms that community groups can book for meetings and things like that. It's, it's really exciting. I, I hope people like it. The, our hard-earned rates have, have paid for this and um, I'll be really excited to see as many people uh, attend this as possible. The free parking trial that was mooted earlier in the year is now permanent. That's got to be good news for CBD shoppers and businesses. The feedback has been phenomenal from the local businesses, but also residents. They just love the fact that if they want to grab a cup of coffee or grab something quickly or pick up a gift out, they can. Um, they can do that. They can stay longer or just, just pay the fee. Or on a Saturday morning, they can. there's no fee there. People have really enjoyed it, and it's been a very negligible decrease in revenue for council. So we see it as a great part of, you know, placemaking and attracting more people to the CBD. It's about a month until Council hands down the budget for 21-22, 9am on the 24th of June. Are there any items you can let slip now? <laughs> I think I've given a few hints already in yeah. some of the other discussions, <laughs> but it, 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 it's always a, a busy time and uh, we've had been having budget workshops since the end of last year, but obviously you know, twice Two days a week, uh, the last certainly month or two, we've been having those budget workshops as we get the final costings come in. You know, there's only so much money and we're just sort of juggling um, what we want to get done, how much money is actually there, and also the fact that we are a growing council and knowing that we'll have growing needs for, for roads and infrastructure and, and making sure that we get our ducks lined up so when we can go to the state and federal governments to advocate for funding for things that are not a council responsibility. It's, it's a pretty big thing. It's, a, it's certainly the serious part of business. Mayor Harding, I'm hoping that you might be able to give us something between now and June 24. We'll keep in touch. And <laughs> thanks again for talking to Ipswich today. Thank you, Alan. Thank you to the listeners as well. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button at the bottom of the page.
You can follow this podcast on your favourite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich Today from your smart speaker. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thanks for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.